Hi guys, welcome to the Four Vaginas Only podcast. I am your host, Dr. Celestine, and on this episode of the Four Vaginas Only podcast, we are going to be talking about preeclampsia. We're going to talk about why it's important, who's most at risk, how does your doctor make the diagnosis, and some effects that it might have on your pregnancy and delivery. So first and foremost, as usual with the Four Vaginas Only podcast, the first thing that we do is cue the music. Hello and welcome to Four Vaginas Only, the podcast about everything female. I'm your host, Dr. Celestine, bringing you important information about understanding your health and body in the way you wish your doctor would actually explain it. All right, guys, now that we have bopped to the music a little bit, I just want to say thank you to everybody that's been a part of the Four Vaginas Only family and have been with me from the beginning and to all of my new followers and new listeners, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Four Vaginas Only family. This episode is episode number 35 of Four Vaginas Only, and we are going to be talking about preeclampsia, which is a condition of pregnancy. All right, guys, so what is preeclampsia? Preeclampsia is defined as elevated blood pressure in a woman for the first time during pregnancy that starts after 20 weeks gestation, which is about five months of pregnancy. And with preeclampsia, there's usually some sort of systemic effect as well, which we'll get into exactly what those could be. There are other conditions where you can have elevated blood pressure in pregnancy, such as gestational hypertension or chronic hypertension, but we'll save that for another episode. The reason why this is so important is that Disorders where there is elevated blood pressure in pregnancy is one of the leading causes of maternal and fetal death worldwide. And as quoted from ACOG, which is the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, 16% of maternal deaths can be attributed to hypertensive disorders, and that's globally. So this is an important, important, important topic. Maternal death and maternal mortality are an important topic. Recently, it's been highlighted even more so in the black community because black mothers are two to three times more likely than any other race to have a maternal death, which is crazy and which is a topic for a whole other podcast episode. But maternal death is a big deal. Young women are usually pregnant and to have a young mother, especially with no other medical problems, and of whom you're not expecting to pass away, die. And the fact that high blood pressure is the six, is 16% of that reason globally is crazy. Just think of the amount of people that are in the world and the amount of pregnant women that are in the world and 16% of them can die from a high blood pressure condition. So preeclampsia being one of those conditions makes this a really important topic. Now, there are some people that are just at higher risk of getting preeclampsia such as it being your first pregnancy, being greater than or equal to the age of 35, having multiple gestations, meaning you're having twins or triplets, having an elevated BMI greater than 30, having underlying kidney disease or diabetes, and those women that come into pregnancy with high blood pressure conditions already, so known high blood pressure prior to pregnancy. However, What's interesting, although these are risk factors and although these are things that we watch for as doctors, the most common reason or the most common person that gets preeclampsia is somebody without any risk factors, which is crazy. Um, So 
as a physician and as an OBGYN, I'm really looking out for this in everybody. It's one of the main reasons we have so many prenatal visits and we check your blood pressure every time. Um, it's something we're constantly on the lookout for. So how do we as doctors make this diagnosis? So there's a few factors that we look at. Obviously, we've talked about, I mean, I've said the word blood pressure, blood pressure, blood pressure so much. So obviously, we look at your blood pressure. So your blood pressure has two values. It has a top number, which is your systolic blood pressure, and a bottom number, which is your diastolic blood pressure. So for preeclampsia, your top systolic blood pressure is greater than or equal to the number 140, and your diastolic is greater than or equal to the number 90. And this has to usually be taken two separate times of this elevated blood pressure, at least four hours apart. And then we're looking a little bit closer as to, hmm, is this preeclampsia or not? Because once we have that value, we also have to look at a few other things. One is having protein in your urine. So protein in the urine is measured in two different ways. Sometimes we do a 24-hour collection of urine. Sometimes we kind of do a spot um, collection or protein creatinine ratio, and there's different values for that, but it's mostly having elevated blood pressure and the protein in your urine that gives you the diagnosis of preeclampsia for most people. <laughs> Another thing that we can kind of look at if you don't have the protein in your urine is some other factors in your blood work that indicates to us that your organs are being affected. So some of the impaired organs of preeclampsia can be your kidney, your liver, your lungs, and even your neurological status because we look at if you have a headache or not, okay? Also, your platelet level. So so platelets are part of your blood count, and having a low platelet level in addition to high blood pressure could be a sign of preeclampsia even without having protein in your urine. Basically because preeclampsia affects your entire body, it's almost like a vascular condition as well. And this is why it affects the baby and the mom. So the biggest fear of preeclampsia is that it's going to progress to eclampsia and the fetal effects. So first let's talk about the fetal effects. Since I mentioned it's a vascular condition, Basically what that means in terms of the baby is that it's impairing the blood flow through the placenta. Now the placenta is in the uterus kind of feeding the baby and giving it its nutrition, to so to speak, and it's impairing the blood flow, so impairing the blood vessels that are connecting mom and baby. And that impaired blood flow leads to things like small babies, which we call intrauterine growth restriction. It leads to low fluid around the baby. So the f- baby is swimming in a fluid-filled sac inside of your uterus, and having low fluid has negative side effects for the fetal growth as well. It can lead to things like placental abruption, which is where the placenta actually separates from the uterus and starts to cause a lot of heavy bleeding and lead to an emergency delivery. And on the delivery front, it can lead to preterm delivery. So the other fear is the progression to eclampsia. So eclampsia is that when you have preeclampsia that we're managing and watching, but then you have a seizure. And that has detrimental effects for mom as well as baby. So some rare consequences for eclampsia or an eclamptic seizure is impaired brain function and trauma to mom. 
And it's not always a natural progression. You don't always have preeclampsia, and then eventually if it's not managed, you get eclampsia. Some people with preeclampsia never get eclampsia. And some people with the lowest blood pressure being managed really well will sometimes still have a seizure. So it's hard as a physician to always know what's going to happen next for many different things. And preeclampsia is one of them because it doesn't always follow the natural progression of first you have high blood pressure, then you have protein, then you have preeclampsia, then you have a seizure. It doesn't always go like that. It's not always a smooth transition. And sometimes it all happens at the same time. So it can get very complicated and very crazy. But that is basically preeclampsia in a nutshell. So a lot of the things that we do as physicians, one, we try to prevent preeclampsia. So if you're known to have some of these risk factors or if you've had preeclampsia in the past, sometimes your doctor will put you on a baby aspirin or an 81 milligram aspirin tablet daily starting from early on in your pregnancy. That's because, like I said, it's a vascular and blood vessel disease. So we want to make sure that we're not impeding the blood flow through your vessels And one of the ways that we do that is with a little bit of a blood thinner in the baby aspirin that you take daily. Another thing that we sometimes do is blood pressure medications to try to keep your blood pressure down low. And if you're in the hospital per se, and we're kind of monitoring your progression or if your preeclampsia is worsening, you can be started on a magnesium drip. Now, magnesium does not feel great. I've never had it personally, but It can make you lightheaded, a little loopy. Um, Sometimes you can't even walk properly and get out of bed when you have a magnesium drip. And magnesium is started when we're worried about the preeclampsia progression to eclampsia because it's simply to prevent seizures. That's the reason why we, not to torture you. (laughs) A lot of moms, you know, they're stuck to the bed. They don't like that. And I can totally understand that. But our main goal is to prevent the seizure from happening. If And if we're worried about that, magnesium is sometimes the best way to go. There's other things that we can do depending on certain risk factors or certain other conditions you might have that prevents us from be, putting you on magnesium. But magnesium is kind of the gold standard way for us to prevent you from having a seizure. So I'm going to touch on very quickly. I've been talking about preeclampsia as just one version of itself, but there's actually two parts to preeclampsia. There is regular preeclampsia and then there is severe preeclampsia. So there's different blood pressure limits that we're looking at to diagnose with one versus the other. And there's different criteria when it comes to delivery and management. So generally speaking, preeclampsia, the regular version, we try to manage and potentially deliver you by 37 weeks of your pregnancy. And if severe preeclampsia comes about, then we're looking at management and trying to get you to at least 34 weeks of your pregnancy before inducing you or having a delivery occur. So that is pretty much preeclampsia in a short and sweet and simplified nutshell. It can get very complex depending on the doctor, the patient, the setting, what's going on with the baby. It's just way too much for me to cover in a podcast episode, and it can be very individualized for each mom, each baby, and each pregnancy. But I'm hoping that this episode at least gives you the initial understanding of what preeclampsia is so that if it's happening to you, you can acquire the knowledge that you need to ask your doctor the right questions about what's going on with you and what the plan for management is. So... 
Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. And let me know on fourvaginasonly.com or my Four Vaginas Only Instagram page at fourvaginasonly. Send me a DM, write in my comments if you have any questions or any experiences with preeclampsia that you want to share. Um, I'm always learning from you guys, like I always say, just as much as you're learning from me. And also, if you're on the Four Vaginas Only YouTube, you can write some comments um, down below as well. Make sure that if you're on the YouTube page that you're subscribing, if you like this episode, hit the thumbs up, let me know. And I'm so excited about sharing my knowledge and getting to know you guys on so many different platforms. So thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode. Bye.